pass to Smith. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Stars, draft, I mean, everything goes on. I feel like I'm underrated, to be honest. Oh. Alfred Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> we got that connection. Me, Alfie, me, Cam, it's the same thing. We are here to feel the Rockets news. It's a Rockets Field podcast. Of course, I'm the co-host Lashar Binkley. You can always find me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. At Binkley Hoops, you can always find my written work over SB Nation and the Dream Shake. And before we get too far in it, as usual, I give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me on Twitter, except at uh, Vader Sports, and also Instagram for your rapid news and highlights. <laughs> and as you saw early in those clips, where we heard from Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore last night after the Rockets' big one thirty-five to one hundred nine win over the Raptors a team that seemed like they're pretty much in tanking mode. But however you want to put it, the Rockets still look uh, very good last night, especially the rookies who both had career nights. Uh, Cam uh, Cam Whitmore finished with 25 points. Amin Thompson finished with 19. Like I said, both career highs. Uh, we saw exactly why many people thought that Cam Whitmore was a top five draft pick. And, of course, we already know Amin was drafted in the top five, but Cam Whitmore fell all the way down to 20. So at this point, you're wondering how many GMs are going to lose their job because they passed on Cam Whitmore and somehow the Rockets were able to get two top five talents, even though they didn't have two top five picks. And we saw the best of what we can expect from Cam Whitmore and Armin Thomas. We saw all the potential kind of come to the forefront last night in the Rockets' big win. Um, we also saw the Rockets dominate in the paint last night. Uh, they had 84 uh, points in the paint, which is just insane. They actually tied for the most points in the paint for any team this season. And that's the most the Rockets have had since 1996-97. Uh, so we saw all the starters play on the 30 minutes. So it was pretty much a perfect game for the Rockets. You saw the starters get rest. You saw the uh, young guys have their best games of their career. And it was a blowout win. So it really wasn't too much drama. Uh in the second half at all. So it was definitely a game the Rockets needed after coming off that that tough loss to the New Orleans Pelicans, and they're still fighting for a play-in spot. Uh, so we're going to be, of course, talking about a little bit more about the game and the rookies' performance in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to be talking all things trade. Of course, the Rockets made the trade with the Memphis Grizzlies for Steven Adams. So we're definitely going to be talking about that and if the Rockets should be making any more moves coming up uh, in the second segment. So uh, – Vader, I definitely want to start with the game last night, and you kind of start wherever you want to start. If you want to start with the rookies or just the game overall, but what was kind of your impression of the of the game last night? I'm gonna start with Jalen Green, uh, Big J. You know, I'm, you know, you know this. I've been a big Jalen Green fan. It's yeah. been hard this year. It has been a rough season. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, anytime I try to post anything Jalen Green related, I get people talking about ah, uh, he 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 sucks. Uh, Rockets yeah. need to trade him. Uh, even when he plays well and I post something, uh, people want to say that he's taken away from uh, other guys on the team. And it is, it, you know, we lost. So and it's, and it's his fault, even though he had a really good game. So um, I think hopefully, 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 hopefully we've seen Jalen Green turn a corner. And the, and the reason I feel like this looks different from some of the, pa- the past seasons is um, he went on like these really hot shooting streaks. And um, yep. like this is not just high shooting. You see him rebounding. You see him uh, facilitating. You see him making live dribble passes on the fast break. 
making good decisions. He's not a good defensive player. I, I will admit that, but he's trying on defense. He, yeah. you know, I I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy who's going to lock up defensively, but the fact that he's even putting forth effort in that area, as well as, you know, the, you see the improvement in all these other areas. I think <clears throat> hopefully like we're starting to see uh, why the Rockets drafted this guy uh, with the second overall pick in that 2021 draft, I think it was. And um, I think a lot of that goes back to Emi Adoka. He's been from the beginning of the season requiring Jalen Green to do more than just be a scorer. He wants him to rebound. He, he even mentioned he showed them some some film of like, hey, you're you're not you're you're ball watching. You know, you're watching other guys play when you can be going in there and you can actually be contributing in other facets of the yeah. game. So hopefully this keeps up uh, because like he looks really good. He looks decisive. He he's aggressive. He's attacking the basket. He's finishing now. And some of the things that that I was concerned with him was like he's not finishing. He's uh, layups. He's missing layups. He's missing wide open threes. And like to me, these are things that are correctable. I feel like a lot of it was like a confidence issue. So, man, I'm I'm happy to see that like Jalen Green hopefully is back for good this time. Uh, and the, the rookies, like you were talking about, man, it's kind of crazy to see that the Rockets got Cam Whitmore and Amon Thompson in the same in the same draft. Like Amon is like doing some things right now that we've only seen uh, like Kobe Bryant do as a teenager. Um, I saw a stat today where he he did something like. Uh, as far as like the, the amount of points that he's scoring on 60% true shooting, the only other uh, person of his age to do that was like Zion Williamson. And we know Zion Williamson was a, was a, was a freak is a freak. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like you, you really see some like really good things from these two young guys. And I, I'm just like, uh, I watched the game yesterday. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, the way Amon Thompson was getting to the basket and it's kind of scoring at will. I think he started, he made like his first, Seven shots, I think it was. First nine shots. He was nine, nine for nine. <laughs> it, was even, it was even crazier than I thought. And then, like, some of his passing, uh, his skip passing, his ability to, um, you know, hit the open guy, his ability to get into the paint, get paint touches. This guy's a six, seven point guard. And then, like, defensively, he he is already – he's already a difference maker uh, on that end of the floor. So, like, the sky's the limit for these two guys. And um, I'm just feeling like – I'm feeling very, like – fortunate as a Rockets fan that we're going to be able to see these dudes develop. And so those are the three things that kind of stood out to me was, uh, like I said, the way Jalen Green's been playing, uh, the way Cam Whitmore has scored at least 17 points in the last uh, five games. <laughs> and he's doing it like uh, – I know Craig Ackerman keeps calling him uh, Mr. Per 36. And the reason he's calling him that is, like, the, the, the way he's scoring, it's almost unprecedented. It's almost unprecedented. And even though Amin is not scoring like that, you know, he just contributes in so many different areas. Like last night, I think he had 19.7 rebounds, four assists and two steals. Right. So like this is a guy who and, and the defense. So this is, you know, we, we got two young studs. And then I haven't even spoken about Aperin Shingun, who, you know, we just kind of get used to him going out there and scoring 20 plus points and getting, you know, 13 rebounds and then also getting seven or eight assists. And that's what he did last night. Um, yeah. I, the thing now, the Rockets have to be consistent. Um, they seem like they're a different team um, on at home than they are on the road, and I know they got a pretty tough schedule coming up. So hopefully they can lock in on the road because I don't. I, we we got to catch. Uh, I think we're in eleven spot right now, and so we yeah be in that ten seed to in, in order to get in that play in tournament. Yeah. So real quick on that play in tournament. So let's be honest. It's going to come down to probably four teams for two spots. It's going to come down to the Lakers the Jazz, the Rockets, and the Warriors. 
for two spots. I mean, that's what because I don't think anybody's going to catch any of the teams above that, the Kings or the yeah. OKC. Nobody's going to catch out of these teams. So it's going to come down to two spots. Now, of course, if you're looking at those names, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be Lakers and Warriors, Lakers and Warriors. But we saw how the Lakers and Warriors have played this season, and it's not crazy to think that the Rockets can pass. You know, they are in front of Golden State that they can still pass the Lakers. I mean, we saw them just beat the Lakers the other day. And with the Lakers, like, all over the place right now with their coaching and with some of their players, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Rockets can still get in that playing spot. And another follow-up, another thing you said about Cam Whitmore per 36. If I'm not mistaken, coming into the game last night, he has scored 105 points in 109 minutes his last five That's games. Crazy. So if you factor in yesterday, he's now scored 130 points in 130 minutes in the last six games, which is just like we, we've, just, we've not seen. I caught, I joked. I called him a generational shot checker, and I know we typically like associate <laughs> shot shot checking with something bad, but yeah. like his his uh somebody uh, dug up this stat, and I was like, hey, let's not talk about that. Put that stat in your pocket. But it was something about him having a like very low historically low uh, assist percentage. Assist. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, man? Like, he also is, like, scoring at a generational level for a, for a 19-year-old. So, like, I don't want to hear about him his his passing because uh, he's efficient. Like, who is he yeah. going to pass to that has a better shot a, a better shot at making the shot? I'm like, y'all go get it off the backboard. And and uh, yeah. I know uh, me and some of my friends, we, we've been joking about, like, he has this uh, this little voice in his head that's like, hey, man, you're open. Shoot, no matter it might be two people on him, but like he has, like yeah, it's a, a, a Gerald Green itis. He Gerald got the Green national confidence that you want to see in an elite score. and it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's sometimes it looks bad, but like sometimes it's, he he is a he's already one of those guys where you're like, no, 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 yes, yeah. all right, good shot. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. and and um, the one thing I will say about him is his his confidence is unwavering. He's a guy who I've yeah. seen like even when I was watching him back in the G League, I saw him like missed like seven shots in a row and then he went in the fourth quarter and then he made like seven in a row and that's what you need yeah he does not care like um the way that he he uh got into it with a mellow ball you know a few games back and then the way that he kind of got into it with lebron not you know he kind of and he idolizes lebron it's not like it was he didn't mean it as a disrespect but um he handed LeBron the ball after he scored. You know, you don't see that from, yeah. from a 19-year-old. And the Lakers also passed on him. So he definitely was yeah. playing with a chip on the shoulder in that game. Yeah, and this is a dude who's 6'6", 6'7", 230 pounds. And he's he's built for this. And so yeah. it's been fun watching him uh, kind of, like, excel in the role that, that M.A. Yudoka has given him with the absence of Tariq and then Jabari being out. He, he took advantage of it. Like, he could have easily came in and, and struggled and – you know, the the moment was not too big for Cam Whitmore. And so, like, yeah. I think you see the sky's the limit with him. Yeah. And I, next person I want to talk a little bit more about I'm in is I want to talk about his relationship with Alperin. If you're a rookie trying to get minutes, is there a better thing you can do than to attach yourself to the best player on the team, a player that's going to get you the ball <laughs> in any certain spot? Is there a better way to do that than become a really good cutter they they when they when KJ Martin was traded away they lost their best cutter and I now gonna bring that up. I, I I don't think that it's kind of I don't think it's exaggerating that Armin is probably their best cutter uh, anybody on the team and he plays really well in the darker spot I asked coach uh coach about that last night he talked about you know his height at the point guard position being able to play in that darker spot 
there's not too many point guards that's going to be able to stop him when he's down in that dunker spot. And also frees him up to also get the offensive rebounds. I think when you start talking about uh, start talking about Ahmed's prime, he's going to be averaging seven, eight rebounds a game just because he's going to be able to jump over not just point guards, but any guard in the league. No, no guard's going to be able to keep him off the a block. But now he's built that relationship, as you've heard in that clip where he says it's Alper and Thompson. <laughs> he's built that relationship with um, Shangoon, and he even said it during that interview. He said that we don't even talk about it. We haven't talked about, hey, you need to be in this spot. You need to be in this spot. They, they haven't practiced it at all. He said they just talk about it briefly on the bench, and they, they're, such, um, they're in such a good place with each other that they just know where each other's going to be at on the court. And to, to have that already as a rookie, man, that's, that says a lot about your basketball IQ. And I think people need to talk a lot more about Ahmed's basketball IQ because, to me, that's the best part of his game. It's funny because like about a month and a half ago around this time, people were saying that we get the worst twin, uh, that the Rockets yeah. draft the right guy. <laughs> and so we kept having to go back to like Osar Thompson is a great player, like and, and but he's a he's more of a role player. He's like a super role player. Right. He's going to yeah. go out and he's going to do all the dirty work things for you. But like I'm I'm was being asked to play the point guard position. He's asked to be a facilitator. He's He's being asked to like create offense for others, you know. And so, like, now that he's been getting actual minutes, I think you're starting to see, like, last night, who's who's keeping a 6'7", 200-and-something-pound point guard who has an over 40-inch vertical and a 7-foot wingspan? How are you keeping this guy out of the paint? And then when he gets in the paint, he makes great decisions. It's not like it's not like he's a freak athlete with a low basketball IQ. He also has a basketball IQ to go along with it. He's making passes that, like, Honestly, the only like speaking of Alper and Shingun, the only other person on the team who can probably make these passes is you know is Amon Thompson, and then it's Alper and Shingun. And shout out to Cam Whitmore, man, because like that behind the back pass behind that he threw the back pass. Like, that come from? <laughs> We're talking about yeah. his assist percentage, like, and I had joke. I'm like, um, uh, he's been trolling us the whole time. People talking about <laughs> Cam Whitmore can't pass. He can pass. He's just like I'd rather shoot it because that behind the back pass oh, off of a live man. dribble. Uh, you know, going full speed, you know, that was pretty special too, you know, in, in its own right. And so shout out to him for that. But yeah, just getting back to like, if you're talking about basketball IQ and guys who are going to do those little things that are going to contribute to winning, I think the two the two best examples of that on the Houston Rockets right now is Amon Thompson and, and Alperen Shingun. Those guys, those guys are just kind of like, you know, you know how you can kind of like think two steps ahead they're like two or yeah. three steps ahead sometimes with some of the things that they're able to see on the court and so like yeah that connection is going to be really special if they if they can continue to cultivate that and that's a perfect segue because i want to talk about alperin shangun before we wrap up the first segment and of course talk about him not making the all-star team we kind of thought it was a long shot um especially as a starter but even as a reserve as we start to kind of look at some of the legacy names that were on the list and I actually asked Alperin about that. Is there any extra motivation um, not making the all-star team? And, of course, he gave a very you know, Alperin Shangun answer, which is actually a perfect uh, response to it. No, I was never focused on that. You know, I'm still young. Uh, I have a lot to do. And it's going to come one day. I don't care about that. Uh, I just care about winning and the playing or playoffs. So, you know, one, one time to go. And as you see, he says he's focused on winning. That's exactly what he should be because Alper Shangun, we keep forgetting. We have to keep reminding everybody that he's only 21 years old. So he still has 
many years in the league. He hasn't even came close to his prime yet. And to think that he's already being considered for an all-star game and he hasn't even hit his prime yet, he definitely will be making many all-star games, uh, all NBA teams going forward. So that's like the perfect response that, you know, you could tell that he's focused on winning games. He's focused on getting into playoffs this season. And that's exactly what you want to hear from your best player. I, lo- I love when they interview him because he's a team yeah. guy. Um he when they ask him about Jalen Green, he he always has like positive things to say about Jalen Green. They ask him about like some of the other guys on the team. He he's all he he builds other guys up, and and yeah. it's not just oh it's me me me. Uh, he he's always looking at the bigger picture, and like no matter what he feels internally, because of course I'm sure like there's a small part of him that's disappointed because he probably feels like he deserves it yeah. because he does. But um, at the end of the day, the main focus should be winning. That should be keep your eyes on 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 the big things, right? And then I think I think that's what he's doing. And uh, and if the Rockets continue to win and um, these other guys continue to grow around him, he's going to make All Star teams. Uh, like this is kind of his first year being on the scene and being mentioned with some of these other guys who made it and that are perennial All Stars. And so it, it a lot of guys don't make it that first go. A lot of guys. This is not unusual, right? And so I think yeah. you know next year if he just continues on the path that he that he's on and he keeps getting better, uh, he'll he'll definitely make an All Star team or you know several All Star teams for that matter. Even if he was in the Eastern Conference, I think there are guys on the Eastern Conference team who he would have made it over. Um, yeah. And, you know, like Alperen Shingun, um, I mean, what is there really not to like about this dude? This is a guy who, um, you know, under the previous coaching staff, um, I, I know they felt like he was a talent. I know they felt like, um, you know, he was going to be a good player, but it's, they still weren't, they still did not seem like they were sure what they wanted to do with him. And, you know, he was, he was coached hard, you know, he was benched a lot. And look at him now. Um, you know, he, he's he's taken all of those, uh, you know, setbacks and he's actually improved his game. And so there's there's still more to come. There's uh, there's a lot better ahead for Afro Shingun. Yeah, exactly. When you said that you love when, uh, when he's interviewed, uh, he's definitely the best interviewer on the team. And anytime he comes up to us, he always says hello. And anytime he leaves, they always say, have a good night. And, you know, that may not seem like a huge deal, but you, you can always tell that like, some players, like, and understandable, you just play the game. You don't always want to talk to the media. Not one time has he ever had anything negative to say or, I, you know, or you can tell that he didn't want to be there. He always, you know, willingly talks to everybody, he answers every single question. And, I mean, I don't think you can have a better f- uh, face of the franchise. Uh, and, yes, Shangoon is the face of the franchise. I don't think you can have a better one than somebody like Alperin Shangoon. So, like you said, he'll make an all-star team. I wouldn't even be surprised if he if he makes a, if he do, if he makes an all-star team starting next season. That's how close yeah. he is already. So, you know, I, like you said, I'm sure it's a small part of him definitely wanted to make it, but I don't think that's his main focus. And as you heard there, he's focused on winning. Rockets are really close to a playoff spot. And I think that's what all the, you know, everybody on the team should be focused on. Um, and, you know, if you win, if winning, winning is going to get guys on the All-Star team. Because, yeah. like, I feel like when it comes down to it, unless you're like a super megastar and he's get, he's 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 hopefully getting to that point. But, you know, when when you look at some of the, like you said, the the legacy names on there, those guys, those guys are more known. So if, it, if it's going to, if it's close statistically and it's between, you know, a guy on a, you know, 
barely, you know, barely 500 team or a sub 500 team up against another guy who has that big name already, they're going to go with the other guy. And so yeah. the more the Rockets win, um, and the better he gets, the better the guys around him gets, uh, he's going to put himself in a much better position for they, they can't deny it at that point. You know, if the Rockets were, you know, if the Rockets were probably like, a, you know, in the playoff picture as far as like a, a top six C right now, he'd probably be in the game because sometimes it kind of works that way too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one of the things I want to talk about in the second segment that's going to, I think, have an impact on if the Rockets um, win more games and actually make it into the playoffs is the trade trade deadline that's coming up next week. I definitely want to talk about the Stephen Adams trade, of course, that was already made. And we will be breaking down whether the Rockets should be looking to make a huge splash or if they should be more conservative and possibly just bring in some more help off the bench. So we will definitely be talking about in the second segment. So please stick around. And welcome back to the Rockets Fuel podcast presented by the Believe Network. And in the second segment, we're going to be talking about uh, all things trade deadline. As the Rockets already got a head start on the trade deadline by trading away uh, Victor Oladipo, who didn't play for the Rockets at all this season, and probably just like Stephen Adams, will probably won't play one minute this season um, for Stephen Adams, who came to the Rockets. The Rockets also sent out three second round picks, two in 2024 and one in 2025. Uh, so again, this trade is definitely more looking forward in the future, as Stephen Adams will not be playing this year. He had a season ending injury at the beginning of the year. He also had an injury last season um, that kept him out a big chunk of the season. So he's he's been kind of injury prone lately. And so it's, it's a little bit of a risk. I know some people were like, ah, second round picks. Who cares about second round picks? Um, but just my thought, initial thought was I would prefer it if they would have held on to those picks, not to tr- you know, actually go into the draft and draft anybody because, yes, the Rockets at the point, they don't really need to be drafting anybody in the second round because they're not going to play. But – to possibly get a better deal or a better trade either closer to the trade deadline or next season because those second-round picks do come in handy when you're trying to uh, make bigger trades. Um, but I understand what the Rockets were trying to do. M.A., you could definitely tell when he was talking about Stephen Adams, you could definitely tell this was a M.A. guy, that M.A. had his fingerprints all over this trade because whether people know it or not, M.A. has a lot of say uh, – a lot more than uh, Coach Silas had when it comes to roster construction. And any trade that happens, I really think has to go through M.A. first, and you can definitely tell that M.A. had a big part in it. So I understand the appeal. Uh, Steven Adams is one of the best screeners in the league. He brings the toughness the Rockets don't have at, at, in the front court right now. He's one of the best, even at this age right now, he's still one of the best rebounders in the NBA and he's an enforcer, something else the Rockets don't have in the front court. So I understand the appeal. There's a little bit of a risk just because he hasn't played a lot of basketball the last two seasons, and he is injury prone, and he's on the backside of his career now. Not to say that he's washed up, but he's definitely on the other side of his prime years. So it's a little bit of risk doing that, and like I said, it won't have any impact this season. Uh, but next season, if he can come back healthy, then it's a great trade. It's absolutely home run trade. You make that trade 10 times out of 10. Um, but what's your thoughts on the trade uh, initially, and has it changed uh, since you had time to think about it? 
Um, initially, I was excited about it because it's Stephen Adams. Then I remembered that bro was hurt. <laughs> uh, no, for real. Like, that was my name. I was like, oh, we got Stephen Adams. We got Stephen Adams. And then I remember, and I, I had asked someone who told me, I'm like, isn't Stephen Adams out for the season? And they were like, yeah. And so then, like, my initial uh, excitement waned. And then I started having to, de- you know, delve into the details, right? Um, you traded Victor Oladipo. That's not really a huge loss. Uh, I know yeah. they were hoping to like flip that contract for something. Um, essentially, you get Stephen Adams, so like maybe you couldn't get anything that you wanted right now for Victor Oladipo, and so you push that contract back another season, and maybe you can use it next year. Um, you gave up some second round picks, and like you mentioned before, like three re- three second round picks. I saw guys like the last trade deadline. Um, getting moved for, you know, a, a handful yeah. of uh, second round picks that were actually, actually useful players, guys who were like contributing to playoff teams and, and you know, coming on the rosters and, and like actually like doing things to help those teams win. So like a second round pick uh, face value doesn't seem like it's worth much. But when you package uh, several of them together, sometimes you can get a, a difference maker on your team that can make a difference between like a, a Houston Rockets team who's kind of on the borderline on the outside looking in at the 11th seed. Maybe you can get a guy that can come in and help you get to the ninth or 10th slot and um, actually be, you know, in a situation where you can play for, for a playoff spot. So um, there, there, I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, I am very excited about the trade if he can actually play because I've been a big Steven Adams fan. I follow his career because um, and ironically, uh, the, the way the Oklahoma City even got Stephen Adams in the first place is because of <laughs> James the James Harden, Harden trade, right? Yeah. Uh, he was one of the picks that the Rockets had, I think, sent back to OKC in order to uh, get James Harden. You know, it was a package of, you know, Jeremy Lamb and, and uh, Kevin Martin, some other things like that. So I've been watching Stephen Adams. Like, I'm a huge fan of his because I've seen what he can do. Uh, like you said, he's an enforcer. He um, is an amazing screener. Like I think uh, a lot of Russell Westbrook's uh, success, success uh, in OKC can be traced back to the fact that Stephen Adams was on the floor with him. Uh, yeah. A lot of John Moran's success, you know, with the Memphis Grizzlies can be, um, you know, traced back to some of the stuff that Stephen Stephen Adams will get you open. And so I'm thinking yeah. like Amon Thompson, uh, Jalen Green. This guy setting screens for Cam Whitmore. This guy setting screens for guys like that who can kind of get downhill and get to the rim. Like, you have to love that. But this is a huge dude. This is a dude that's over seven feet tall. He's like 300 pounds. He's had lower body injuries. So I I do have some concern there uh, because, like, we've seen, you know, with Yao Ming and some of our, you know, big men in the past, like when when you're that size and you start getting lower body injuries, it's kind of it's it's kind of a signal that it, it may be time for you to to retire. So hopefully they yeah. they did their homework. They looked at his medicals. They feel pretty confident that he can come back and and actually contribute. Because if they can get on, if he can get on the floor, he's exactly what the Rockets need from the perspective of a, a hard nosed dude who's going to go in there and, and, and fight for every rebound, set screens, um, be 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 a be a presence out there. And I also feel like he can teach Alperin Shangun some things that Alperin maybe not has had an opportunity to learn. Like who who, who has Alpi really had that can teach him? You know anything in, in the post or teach him like the little nuances and idiosyncrasies that come along with being a big man in the NBA. You know, he's had you Christian Bruno Fernando. Uh, yeah, no, no. He's had Bruno <laughs> Fernando, he's had Christian Wood. He's had like uh, Boban who, you know, by all accounts is an amazing guy, but like, let's be real. He hasn't had a guy like Steven Adams. So like, 
on the surface level, if Steven Adams can actually play, I think it's a good trade. If Steven yeah. Adams is just a contract, then I, I like to trade a little less because of the fact that you gave up three picks. And also, we have to also consider um, how you got Victor Oladipo. You had to trade KPJ and two two picks to get um, yeah. Victor Oladipo. So now we're looking at like we're looking at five second round picks in totality if you really look at it. And, and that way. And so like five second round picks, man, I, I put some value on it when it's that many. Um, and that's pretty much how I feel about it. If, if Steve, if, if Adams can actually play, it's a, it's a good trade. It's a really good trade. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's what it comes down to. If he plays next season, then yeah, it's a no brainer. You make that trade. Um, but if not, then you basically just gave away even more second round picks for another guy that's not going to play. And honestly, nobody knows. Um, outside of Steven Adams, how he's going to – even Steven Adams may not even know. I mean, coming back for that type of injury. So it's definitely a little bit of a risk, but I understand what the Rockets are trying to do. Uh, they're thinking big picture. They're thinking beyond just this season. So I understand what they're trying to do. So it's just really – nobody really knows until we see him on the court next season. So it's one of those kind of wait-and-see type trades um, that teams don't always make. Most teams don't make trades of, for players – um, that won't be playing at all until the following season, especially for that many draft picks. So it's really kind of hard to say whether it's a good trade or not because we none of us really know until he's out and on the court. And, and it's funny, too, because we made this trade right after that game with the – was it the um, – who was it that game where where Valanchunas uh, kind of – he kind of bullied us, right? And, um, yeah, it was the, the last game before this one. And, yeah. and Yadoka came out in the media and he, he basically said, hey, I feel like they kind of like bullied us. And, and so then you go out and get one of the biggest bullies in the NBA. I'm going to tell yes. you what, when when uh, Stephen Adams puts his, puts his body on you, then like you know he's there. If he sets a pick on yeah. you, like you're finished. <laughs> so yeah. uh, like uh, some of the stuff that like M.A. was complaining about in that, in that post-game presser, um, you, if, if Stephen Adams can actually get on the floor for 15 minutes per game, you have, you have addressed a lot of those issues with toughness and rebounding and, and, and defense. He's a good defender. Yeah. I mean, one thing you should, everybody should know about M.A. is he values toughness. He values hard nose play and he values people that can play defense. Of course he wants people that can score. You're not going to win the game if you don't score, but He'll look past if – and I know what people are going to say. They don't like Jay Sean Tate. I understand, you know, he's probably going to be the one that's going to be the odd man out when Tari Eason comes back. But that's one of the reasons why uh, Jay Sean Tate keeps playing. For better or for worse, he keeps playing because he he's tough-nosed, he plays good defense, and he always plays hard. So that's stuff that M.A. always talks – he talks about that more than anything else, more than offense, uh, more than flashy dunks. That's what he cares about above anything else. So the fact that they went out and got Steven Adams, I, nobody should really be surprised because that is the exact type of player that like M.A. loves to have on his team is a player like Steven Adams. Um, so before we wrap up the show, I definitely want to talk about um, the trade deadline is coming up Thursday. We have saw the rumors fly around about possibly cha- trading Jalen Green for Mikael Bridges or Jalen Green for this guy or – you know, making a big splash, you know, trying to bring in a, a star level player. Um, but just from my point of view, I just don't see the Rockets doing that. Number one, Jalen Green is still under a rookie contract. 
the Rockets want to see how all this plays out with their core players like Jalen Green, like Jabari Smith, um, Alperin Shangoon, all the guys that they just recently drafted. They want to see how that plays out. And on top of that, just specifically talking about the Brooklyn rumor, me, I just don't see that Mikael Bridges is a top 20, top 25 player for you to give up Jalen Green and multiple draft picks for him. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. He's one of the best two-way players in the league, and he definitely will improve the Rockets' perimeter defense and their shooting. But is he that much better than Jalen Green to where you're willing to give up draft picks on top of trading him? Now, if you're talking about one-for-one deal, then okay, then that doesn't sound as crazy. But to me, you're giving up Jalen Green and multiple picks for a player like Mikael Bridges, that's kind of hard for me to uh, the, the stomach. I mean, if you're talking about – not that I want to trade for Donovan Mitchell, but if you're talking about somebody in the caliber of Donovan Mitchell, then okay, that makes more sense. But Mikael Bridges is a maybe borderline top 30, 40-ish player, somewhere in that range. So I just don't see them doing that. I, I really think they're going to stay pat, try to go out there, possibly still even try to go over to get another center, um, even though they did just tra- uh, trade for Steven Adams. But they definitely are looking for another shooter. I I, I, I probably would guess that's probably their number one priority right now is try to find somebody that can come off the bench and that can shoot. And, yes, I know Cam Woodmore can do that, but I think they're still looking for somebody else that that's their, that's their specialty is, is a knockdown shooter. So I think they're going to be looking more along the lines of trying to bring somebody else off the bench to help and not necessarily try to swing for a home run. Now, if they could go find somebody that somebody's trying to trade away one of their star players, they're not going to, like, say no, but – I don't think that's their main focus right now. Yeah, I like Mikael Bridges a lot. And then I think that there is a point to where they're asking too much for him. Um, I saw like a report today where they supposedly (laughs) turned down five uh, first round draft picks. (laughs) If they turn down five first round draft picks for for Mikael Bridges, they're some some fools. Um, Because like I like I like him a lot as a player. Like you say, he's a really good two way player. However, um, the situation that they're in as far as like where their roster construction is and their ability to actually get better. And like if some team is foolish enough to give you five first round draft picks for, for Mikael Bridges, I think you have to take that. And so like I think they're trying to inflate his trade value, um, you know, because I do think the Rockets do have some interest there because like we do have we do control Brooklyn's draft for the next few years. So our um ability to deal with them you know those those draft picks are worth more to the Brooklyn Nets than they are to anybody else because be, just because of their their own picks um them getting their picks back give them the opportunity to like if they want to tank they can actually tank right now they can't really blow their team up because we we own their draft so um I think that there is uh there's probably been some talks but I would not trade Jalen and uh two, three, four, whatever they're asking for. It seems like the, the asking price for Mikael Bridges is just at a ridiculous point. Uh, yeah. Jalen Green is still 21 years old. Like you said, he's still under a rookie control uh, contract. And so it, it, it would be – I'm not going to pretend like getting Mikael Bridges and putting him in the lineup in place of Jalen Green does not make the Rockets better because it does. Yeah. However, you also have to accept the fact that um, you, uh, just from a from a futures perspective, is this, is this the best – uh, deal for the Rockets look, moving forward to the future, looking to the future. Yeah. Because, like, if they're asking for Jalen Green and they're asking for um, all of their picks back and all of their pick swaps back, this is not that's not a good trade. That's not a no. good trade. Now, if you're just talking about maybe um, 
you know, matching some salary and then giving them some of their draft capital back. Then to me, I'm, I like that. That That is something that, you know, makes sense to me. Or if you're talking about Jalen Green and maybe a pick, but like at some point, uh, the, you, you have to be reasonable and it sounds like they're not being reasonable. So I don't know if there's a deal to be made there uh, as far as what the Rockets need to bring in. Um, I've been saying that they needed a backup point guard, not because I didn't believe in Amin, but I didn't know if Ime Yudoka believed in him just yet. But I think the way that he's been playing lately, um, I think that that need for the backup point guard is a little bit less. But I was all for them trying to like bring in the Tyus Jones to back up, back up Fred Van Vliet or something like that, because Fred Van Vliet's minutes were just like out of control. Like I'm, I'm like. Yeah. Whose knees are going to turn into Pixie does if they don't get him off the floor? There's no reason, and we talked about this, there's no reason for this 5, 10, 5, 11 dude to be playing, you know, 40-something minutes per game, leading the NBA in minutes. Uh, it's affecting his play. His shooting has not been the same. His defense has not been the same. And so, like, if I feel like if Yudoka didn't trust Amin enough to put him in that position to where he could lower Fred's minutes, we need to bring in somebody who he has some confidence in. Because if we lose Fred, now you're, you know, you, we've seen how injuries have hurt this team as far as like with the the on court product. And I don't think, you know, you can't, you, you can't, you don't want to lose Shingun, obviously, because he's the best player. You don't want to lose Fred VanVleet because he's kind of the yeah. guy that. You, you know, you know, initiating offense or whatever. So, I, uh, like you said, we need a shooter. We need shooting. Cam's come in. He's done an amazing job uh, shooting and not passing, but he's shooting and he's filling up the. He, like he's doing some, uh, like I said, unprecedented things, some historical things as far as scoring at, at his age and as a rookie. Um, but we definitely need a backup big. Like I think that is uh, that's right up there with the shooting need. You need you need to bring somebody in who can actually like give, give teams a different look, you know, Alperin, you know, I would say maybe 90% of the games he's been great, but you can't expect a 21 year old to, to carry a team every single night. You know, he, he, he doesn't have the benefit to be able to be like, I'm a little off tonight. I need to go, you know, let me go sit down and refocus yeah. because who are we putting in for him? There's nobody that can come pick him up. And that's what, that's what you have to have on a team. And right now we don't have a guy who can come in and when, when Alperin's down a little bit and kind of like, you know, keep the team afloat until Alperin can come back in and kind of refocus. So like, I, I'm hoping yeah. that they can somehow bring in a, a big man who can contribute and give Alperin a break. And then, um, like you said, the shooter. And I, I, I want them back up point guard a little less now because like, I don't want him taken away from, from Amon Thompson's minutes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I think ultimately, even with, like I said, with the Stephen Adams trade, that they're still looking to bring in a player like a Andre Drummond or a Daniel Gafford out of Washington or even a Nick Richards out of uh, Charlotte, like all some of the names I've been hearing floating around as far as trade possibilities. Um, so one thing you'll know, they, they're going to make some type of move. I don't think it's going to be a big move, but they're going to make some type of move because trade deadline because Rafael Stone and MA want to win this season. They want to make the playoffs this season. So they're going to make some type of move. I just caution everybody that when you do see these reports, they keep in mind that a lot of times these reports are misdirections from front offices. So if you hear a lot of talk about a certain player being traded, majority of the time they're not traded. Nobody heard anything about Stephen Adams coming to Houston. Right. I don't think I saw one report about Stephen Adams coming to Houston. Usually, the trades that you don't hear are the ones that actually happen. So just keep that in mind. This next, you know, less than a week now uh, before the trade deadline, because every single year, 
we hear all these crazy reports. Everybody has a thousand sources that, you know, they talk to the water boys, sisters, cousin, brother, barber that somehow knew about a trade that nobody else knew about. And then the trade never happened. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, well, and one thing, and one, to trade deadline. And one thing that I also, we still have Tar Eason about to come back hopefully next week. Yeah. And so like everybody can't play. So I, like, I'm kind of like I'm the, Tarisen is coming back, and then you like Cam Whitmore is doing some things that like I want to see Cam Whitmore play. I don't want them to bring in some guy who's you know you know gonna like put Cam Whitmore on the bench, and then he's yeah. not he's no longer being developed. Like like I said, the things that he's doing as a nineteen year old are kind of crazy. So like I don't know, man. Like I I hope they um I hope it's a good fit. It's a it's something that's not gonna like stunt the young guys' development too much. Like I said, I don't want them to bring in like. Uh, a backup point guard, and then all of a sudden we don't see Amon Thompson anymore. I don't want them to bring in a shooter, and then all of a sudden we don't see Cam Whitmore anymore unless it's a blowout game at the end of the game. So I'm gonna be looking for that too. So I'm, I'm gonna have my I'm gonna have my eyes like peeled on Thursday, you know, when the trade deadline approaches, because I do think they need to add something. But I'm also probably I'm probably gonna be happy and disappointed at the same time because I feel like somebody's gonna lose minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, y'all. Keep in mind when you're making these trades is what are you willing to sacrifice? I mean, at this point right now, if you're looking at the Rockets roster, if Tate's not traded, he's probably the odd man out. He's definitely the odd man out. I don't see any way that Cam is not going to get some type of minutes, even when Tari Eason gets back. Um, I think he's in the rotation. Him and um, Amin are in the rotation going forward. So that leaves Jay Sean Tate maybe – uh, and something you mentioned, I want to talk about real quick before I wrap up the show because I'm wrapping up here. Um, you mentioned about Fred's minutes, and I actually asked Coach about it, and I wish I would have brought that clip up, but I asked him about that. Uh, do they want to cut down on Fred's minutes in the second half of the season? And he said, yeah, we want." that's our ultimate goal is to get some of these younger guys longer stretches during the game, and I'm assuming that, I mean, that means I'm in playing more instead of uh, Fred playing 35, 40 minutes a game, because they definitely want to cut down Fred minutes from career high 37 minutes a game, probably down to at least 32, 33 minutes. So I do think that you'll start to see even more Amen on the court um, as the season goes on. But, yeah, definitely Jay Sean Tate's going to be the odd man out one way or another. And from there, you just it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle to see who gets minutes, because mm-hmm. I think M.A.'s fine playing different type of lineups even if it's a small lineup if it's a lineup without a center if it's i'm in playing with fred which he does a lot or if it's i'm in fred and cam and then dylan that power forward i don't think he has a problem switching up the lineup so it's gonna be a battle down the stretch for minutes uh regardless and if they bring in somebody else that's even more players that's going to so it's gonna be uh interesting to see how the rotation and the minutes work out um but that's gonna do it for today's show uh, definitely, as usual, we appreciate all the support. And, of course, Vader, I appreciate you, as usual, coming on and co-hosting the show with me. Hey, man, I appreciate you. Uh, well, Shard is one of the hardest working people in the business, man, getting the, the clips up on the YouTube channel, uh, the highlights, and then also getting those interviews up. So y'all stay tuned. More to come. Absolutely. And we will – I appreciate that. We will definitely be uh, – we'll definitely have a show, uh, hopefully Thursday or Friday, um, talking about – any big trades that come along for the uh, Houston Rockets. Like I said, as usual, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the support of Believe Network that we are, our podcast is now a part of. Uh, we appreciate all subscribers. We are now over 1,500 subscribers. 
and in less than a year, which is just amazing. We definitely thank everyone that subscribes, uh, everybody that gives us a like, everybody that leaves comments. I read each and every single comment, so we definitely appreciate that. And let us know down in the comments, do you think the Rockets should make a major trade or do you think that the Rockets should just possibly bring in somebody, some more bench supporter, like a backup big or somebody that's a shooter coming off the bench? Let us know down in the comments what you think about that. And as usual, we appreciate all the support each and every week. And make sure you check out the next episode of Rocket Fuel Podcast.